Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Come Up Into Reviews podcast. This is Brett from Come Up Into Reviews. Hey, it's the Thai guy. We have a returning guest from the Direct to Video Digest, Richard Hawes. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back again. Oh, of course. <laughs> oh, it's been too very... long. It's been a while. I think you did Video Star Memories like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here to talk about one of our favorite DTV actors, or maybe just actors in general. <laughs> Yeah. Don't want to relegate him just to DTV because he, he has gone to the theater even here in the U.S. and that's Scott Adkins. Absolutely, yep. Uh, Certainly one of my favorites. Oh yeah, oh. he's so he's always so much fun to watch. I agree. Yes, and we're gonna get into that. But first, we have not just a should have been an action star candidate, I guess you'd say, yeah. but also a bit for seriousness. But we'll do the fir- first things first, and we're doing this in honor of you, Richard Benny oh, Hill. You. um so ty i believe you have oh i didn't do the song that's okay okay. i'll do a quick should have been action star i'll do the Mm. quick version okay that's the quick version okay so what is the what was your idea for the benny now benjamin hill movie okay so he'll be like a serious james bond type you know he has all those women chasing him anyway (laughs) <laughs> okay so be like he's, usually, he's usually the one chasing the women <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah, now so you, we have a twist and see, if, you, if you no go ahead <laughs> oh, that's all i wanted to say oh okay because my only really idea is that he'd be like a james bond type but see if you slow down yakety sax uh-huh. it could be like an action theme like you know <laughs> It's like <laughs> okay, I think so, I see where you're going with this. So it would be almost sounds almost like the Law and Order theme song. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he would be on trial for like sex crimes on an SVU. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, by today's standards, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we now have Benjamin Hill is like the new James Bond, and the women are chasing him. Right. Um, do you have a title for this by any chance? Uh, no, but I'll think of something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Richard's uh, thoughts? <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know. It's been a long time since uh, since I've watched it. Uh, but he was in, like, um, the you know, he was in the film The Italian Job, which was not a particularly serious role, but it was sort of one of the closer, you know, the closer sort of more serious things than, than, than his typical sort of slapstick kind of thing. So then, so you could... Yeah, so it, sort of moving him towards the more Michael Caine kind of character yeah, and sure. then putting him in as like a Harry Palmer. Oh. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I can see him not so much of a James Bond, but more of a Harry. Because maybe it could be called a, a hill to die on. Like <laughs> okay. Or well, like that. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> um, so... Because I know, go ahead. You, Richard, you wanted us to do more cliches of the day, but the problem is we kind of ran out, as I think we told you. So I would yeah, like did to you do ever that do, today. Did you uh, ever do one about um, uh, the the action sequence that turns out to be a training exercise? Oh, that's yeah, a good so, one. I'm trying to remember. I, I don't think we have. Right? Uh, it's like, oh, it's just yeah, it's just yeah. Training. But all right, we'll just say well. we haven't. Yeah, and say, okay, yeah, that's a good one. A lot of movies that. start that way. Yeah, or even they have a bit in the middle, or you know, the, where you know they're introducing. I think it was even um, they sometimes they're actual. Tra- they show them as actual training exercises, but then other sides times they actually pretend like there's something actually happening. But oh no, then the, they kind of do the curtain reveal of yes. you know the stop cut kind of thing. And uh, yeah. re- reveal that they're actually just 
um, doing doing a, a, a training exercise. Uh, and there's lots of different versions. I see it as like kind of like the action movie version of the dream sequence, mm, yeah, it's like, yeah. where they suddenly go, where they suddenly wake up. And I, and I wonder if there's any action action sequences out there that have t- turned out to be dream sequences as well. They might. I, I can imagine that there possibly have been, <laughs> especially in the sort. Of, yeah. It gets the closest you're gonna get. What is Inception? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, that's yeah, good. but very literally, very literally, yeah, yeah, yeah. The dream <laughs> sequence, that, yeah, action sequence. Dream is yeah, collapsing. <laughs> yeah, you'll see a bunch of like guys, you know, going through something like a house or something, and they're clearing the rooms, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the commander or whoever is running the, the training exercise goes, "Guys, you got to do it faster. That was no good." And then you know, <laughs> then you know, and then everyone goes, "Oh man!" And then everyone, you know, then the tension kind of goes away. Yeah, I, we've seen that yeah, many well, times. Yeah, Eve of Destruction did a good one with um, Gregory Hines because they they kind of introduce where they're establishing his character as like the almost like a Denzel Washington style right. um, commanding officer kind of character. Which and is the, an interesting and, choice because of him being a you know a famous dancer, like a, I yes. believe a tap dancer. So that is kind of interesting. Yeah, and they also used it, say the species films and Michael Madsen. Uh, Universal Soldier, The Return, I think the beginning of that movie was a training exercise. The movie is an exercise in, uh, in garbage. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I just trying to think of examples of that. No, I, know, I, just, I just don't yeah. like Universal Soldier, The Return. It's like, oh. What's the title? The Return. It's like, it's, it's yeah. not much there on the title. But They yeah. just did that in Mindhunters, the movie with Christian Slater and Val Kilmer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's like, I know, like that film. Oh yeah. yeah, I just rewatched it, and it's just, it's a great movie because you know it's more Christian Slater, but I say that for every movie, <laughs> so it's like, even the movies he's not even in. Just, but no, <laughs> it is an underrated movie for sure. You know, more people should mention Mindhunters. I think. I think there was that, and there was another film that came out around the same time, and they both essentially had the same plot. I think it was Detox was essentially oh. the same movie. <laughs> Yeah, with Stallone. Yeah. Yeah, or here it was called I See You. I See You, yeah. Yeah, yeah. E-Y-E, See yeah. You. So it's like... <laughs> but the blue yeah, has both versions, I believe, on it. I, oh, right, okay. I have to watch that detox version. I just know that Stallone makes fun of it sometimes. So, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't think well of detox? No, remember, if you ever listen to the Copland commentary, someone's, like, throwing up in the movie and says, yeah, that's a script for detox. He just, ah. it's just like, it's Actually, I do remember that. that now that you say that. <laughs> Stallone does have a habit of throwing some of his less successful films under the bus, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say about Avenging Angelo? That's a good question. I don't, uh, I've never, have you seen I Avenging Angelo? I still haven't seen it. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't bit the bullet and watched that yet. Have you seen that, Richard? I did. I saw it when it came out, but I don't really remember much about it. I remember it being quite, um, quite bland and unremarkable. Yeah. It was, you know, it was, he was starting to do more re- lower budget movies at that time. Was, so the fact that he had this resurgence with, you know, um, mining his old characters and getting back onto the big screen and stuff was quite a surprise because he was really, you know, he was heading into really low budget territory at, at, around that point. And that was him and uh, Madeline Stowe and Anthony yeah. Quinn. Because he was... This close to going straight to video all the time. He had he had two of them. So it's like, oh, yeah, no, uh-oh. he was hitting a little bit of the skids. And but you're yeah. right, he came back. 
And um, it, it, not everyone can do that. Most people, once you're in DTV, you're pretty much in DTV. Yeah. And now he's kind of hovering because he do, he's generally managing to avoid it. But then he's doing films like Escape Plan 2 and 3, yeah. which are DTV movies. And then Backtrace, the, yeah, Backtrace. Which, which is the weirdest one because he just doesn't fit in that film at all. But and then but he uh, he's kind of still managing to sort of stay above, you know, so even something like The Samaritan, which right, has been sort of on the shelf and stuff, and he's going to go straight to Amazon. That is still a more respectable sort of higher profile release, even though it's going to be, even though it still won't, um, won't get a cinema release. Hmm. It's um, it's still kind of, you know, up there, and you know, films like The Expendables, you know, are keeping him sort of afloat in that sense. Because even uh, you know higher quality actors such as like Danny Glover and John Cusack, hmm. I mean, they're in DTV, and I don't think yeah. they're getting out. And, no, uh, no. <laughs> well, as we mentioned in one of our last podcasts, John Cusack just wears a baseball cap and he vapes. He doesn't really do any <laughs> acting. And uh, I think he'd rather be better off dead than being. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, but there's yeah, people like him and Emil Hirsch, which to me just don't really fit into DTV action. I don't I don't know why those guys are the ones that are being sort of picked up on. Now, Mel Gibson, I understand. Mel yeah. Gibson is sort of entrenching himself in, in the oh, sort of Bruce yeah, Willis um, space. And uh, he fits it really well. He he, he elevates the material, in my view, um, you know, controversial though he may be. He, um, Mel Gibson's just got that that X fact. I watched Hot yeah. Seat recently. Oh, how was in Hot which, Seat? I want to see that here. So, well, like I'd say Dillon? it's... Yeah, so it's a film kind of. It's basically like Backtrace, where the Sylvester Stallone uh, and sort of Mel Gibson stuff is kind of the investigation that's happening on the side. It's like the side story, and then it kind of comes and meets it at the end. But Gibson, I don't know. Gibson's just sort of effortless, and he manages to sort of sell it and make that quite enticing. So the film itself has got a lot of problems, but overall, I enjoyed it, and I think Mel Gibson was sort of a, a large part of that. Uh, even though, say, he's his his character is really not that involved. He's kind of an onlooker, but there's kind of a detective thing, you know, with them. Um, there's almost like a, a little touch of lethal weapon about it to, to an extent. But I did quite I say it's, it's not a good movie, but it's got it. I think it's, I think actually it's, it was better than I was expecting it to be. Uh, and yeah, I've, I've not watched Mel Gibson in anything for quite a long time. I think probably, his villain turns in the second machete movie yeah. in the third Expendables <laughs> film, which I which he oddly basically did the same role in two different movies in the same year. And, well, and uh, oh, sorry, but also in um, the movie with Frank Grillo, um, uh, Ty. Oh, boss level. Uh, yeah, boss level. Oh yes, yeah. I did see that one recently. Yeah, I, there wasn't enough of him in that. That was the problem. Uh, yeah. yeah, and but, uh, but I do agree with you overall about Mel Gibson, which is that he mm. has it. Yeah, he has the it factor. Yeah, he has the it factor. What's ties you always say makes some someone compulsively watchable. Like you want to see Mel Gibson. Um, and uh, did um, have you ever seen Blood Father? No, although now that I've seen, so now that I'm back into Gibson again, he, that's kind of high on the list because I've been I've been wanting to see it for quite a few years. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. It's, it's way better than I think people might think it is, and the reception it got. It, it's a genuinely good movie that I think you're gonna like. Mm. I still need to see his newer ones, Panama, uh, Agent Game. I gotta watch those. 
Well, this is all this is all tied in. I think they're. I, yeah. I don't know if they're going to be Rand Lemmett movies as well, but Panama is kind of him supporting uh, Cole Hauser, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously, Hot Seat was him supporting. Mm-hmm. Kevin Dillon, he'd be like, it'd be the opposite, yeah. like 20 years ago. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, things change, man. Um, That's okay. hey, as long as he's making movies and he still has the it factor, I'll, I'll watch it. You know, we only just got Force of Nature over here. We just got that? Oh, wow. Just got it on Amazon. It's never, it's not had any release apart from it turning up on Amazon uh, as one it's, of their exclusives. He's just kind of hanging around in it. Like, I think Bruce Willis was supposed to be in the Mel Gibson role. He didn't want to mm-hmm. do it. <laughs> it's just Mel Gibson like sitting in a chair, you're like coughing yeah. a lot. So that's just, what it kind of looked like. Which is the good yeah. thing. Which what well, that's the good thing about Hot Seat is he's actually walking about doing his proper <laughs> scenes, whereas Kevin <laughs> Dillon's the one just sitting in a chair. Yeah. And so it's kind of a reversal of the, what you would expect if it was if it was the Bruce Willis movie. Maybe Bruce Willis would be sitting in the chair. So uh, I don't well, know. almost definitely. <laughs> but it's funny you should mention Emil Hirsch because they were him and Bruce Willis were both in Midnight in the Switchgrass. And mm-hmm. I did think Emil Hirsch really was one of the best things about that movie. Like he was genuinely trying. Like I think he he was struggling mightily against the tide of that movie. Um, but, I rather uh, like that, to be honest. I oh, think that oh, the, there was more effort in that movie than some of the others. I thought the cinematography and stuff was really good. Lucas Haas as the yes. uh, sort of psycho was good, and yeah, it, was, it definitely no, no, was. Yeah. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I mean, no, yeah. Lucas Haas and I think Emil Hirsch were good, and there were good parts to it. But I think the scenes with Bruce Willis and Megan Fox were maybe not the best. No, <laughs> they usually they're pretty much extraneous generally <laughs> every time that well Bruce Willis is in a movie ever. <laughs> but it is kind of funny to think that the movie might have been improved if they who were the like the main selling points were taken out of the movie. Yes. <laughs> um, but we are here to talk about Scott Adkins. Yeah, okay. Um, so, so we both have lists. You know, Ty and I, which Ty came up with the list, and I do like this when we do these lists. Ty came up with it. I don't know what's on his list. I'm trusting him because I, I'm just pretty much assuming that we would agree on the choices. Yeah, you'll agree with the choices. And, um, and Richard, I know you have your list. But before we get to our list, just a couple quick things about Scott Adkins. Well, let me ask you this, Richard. Where is yes. Sutton Coldfield in uh, – England, like it's. Do you know uh, that so is? I think, Yeah, so I think it's uh, up near um, Birmingham Way, uh, sort of in uh, the not not that close, sort of in the middle of the country. I would say. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not very good with the geography of my own country. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, not a million miles away from London, but uh, you know, sort of yeah, sort of in the middle. I'd have to look it up. I'll be honest. Is it I'm, is I'm it terrible. the West Midlands? uh it might be probably yeah i mean i don't i'll be honest i don't know that i'm terrible that's okay well anyway i've not i've not ventured that far into my (laughs) well anyway that's where scott atkins was born and he was born there on june 17th 1976 and he is trained in taekwondo judo karate ninjutsu capoeira krav maga wushu mai tai kung fu jeet kune do kickboxing brazilian jiu-jitsu and acrobatic gymnastics wow and he's a couple um, more, then he'll be better. It's just like, like a, more, a couple more things to be excelling at. Um, it's just not enough, is it? Let's be honest. You've know, you got you to take your craft seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there are some quotes from him that yeah. I just wanted to mention. Let's see if I could find them now. Um, well, feel free to vamp. Um, you want me to vamp? Okay, so... 
like where did you first kind of see your first Atkins movie like or what like kind of brought you to him I'm pretty sure he was probably mentioned quite heavily in uh, Impact magazine mm-hmm. that I was uh, you know very devoted to reading the but it was probably uh special forces oh. which I got on import um because it took, took a couple of years for it to actually come out over here but because the whole Isaac Florentine thing, Isaac Florentine was quite established and I knew who he was. So I ordered that film, which was mostly a letdown because it didn't have a lot of uh, really good sort of action in it. But then in the middle or middle towards the end, yeah, there's really just like this, out. there's just like this, they bring in Scott Adkins for like this seven minute uh, fight scene, which is like completely different to the rest of the movie. And it was just like, Jesus, <laughs> it, was like, it was like a revelation. It was like really, really incredible scene and that was kind of a showpiece but it took it still took a while for adkins to to take off you know to, for him to get sort of a more um, a more focused role uh, which i'm sure we'll we'll get to but yeah it was kind of around that time sort of around 2003 i would say that so i was mm-hmm. probably reading about him seeing that seeing a couple of the articles and stuff and sort of learning to get, getting to know who i mean i'd seen uh, black mask 2 Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, a couple of years earlier city of masks <laughs> yeah but i didn't know it was him because i didn't know who he was yeah. you know it's like yeah. it, what, it, it didn't mean anything at the time it, and so i'd seen him in stuff i'd probably even you know some of his other the other movies that he'd done in like um, hong kong i had them mm. but whether mm. i got them as a result of knowing who he was or i had them already i can't remember but because uh you know we we gotta you know it's it's weird to think that adkins has been around for over 20 years uh, know. You know, in, in, the, in the industry. It feels like he's just like a newer person. Oh, Brad, you mm. the... Oh, yeah, just, he says, I can pretty much say that because of Bruce Lee and Jean-Claude Van Damme, that's why I do what I do today. Mm-hmm. And um, so I guess he was very influenced by them. And um, he says, in the film industry, we tend to pick up where others have left off. And I'd like to think the influences I picked up from Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Sylvester Stallone, and Jean-Claude Van Damme are visible in my work. And he said, I think everybody, I think every red-blooded male enjoys brandishing a firearm. And and then one of my favorites is, I do find violence entertaining, but that doesn't make me a bad person. I grew up watching all these action films when I was a kid. My dad would bring back Rambo and whatever, and we'd watch it together. It's not affected me in any way other than I appreciate the entertainment value of violence on film. And I love how open and honest he is about yeah. that. You know, it's like, yeah, I enjoy cinematic violence. Like, it's not a big deal. It, it's like, it I like he, it. <laughs> it like he has like a video store memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that is almost a video store memory where he, I guess him and his dad would, they'd rent Rambo or I, presumingly, you know, presuming he means first blood in the first three. Um, and then that's kind of what started him going into the prominent place he is today in the action world. Um, so that's all I wanted to say. I didn't want to get bogged down in his whole backstory. Yeah, um, no problem. I can jump right into number five, which sure. I picked Ninja One. Okay. Interesting choice. Okay. Yeah, because that was like one of the first movies. Like, wait, who is this guy Atkins character? Ninja. Oh, this is gonna be good. So I rented it at Blockbuster. It's like, okay, this is this. You know, obviously it's very goofy with the CGI stuff, but overall it was very entertaining. Like, and it was just like I gotta check out more of this guy's stuff. And then I found Special Forces and Black Mass Two. Yeah, he wasn't in it much, but as you mentioned. Andy so Ninja was kind of your introduction yeah, to Adkins. it was. It was. Yeah. And then I found some other movie he was in called Stag Night. Have you ever seen that? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it, no. It's a very different kind of movie, though. 
Yeah, it's like he's just running away from like some like not a, a monster, but maybe like some sort of like well maybe like a sewer monster type of thing. It's him and Breck and Meyer. <laughs> they team up like buddy. Is it, they're, they're like buddies. buddies. They're like, yeah, they're this. buddies. They're having a stag night and they like get trapped in this tunnel. Yeah, it's a horror movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's a horror movie. Yeah, so. Oh. Interesting. Um, yeah, I haven't seen that. Yes, I think Breck and Meyer probably wishes they were the early 2000s. I'm not trying to make fun of them, but I mean, like, we all loved them in Rat Race and Garfield. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, we all did. Um, and Ninja was um, Adkins, was the first time they were putting Adkins front and center. Oh, exactly. It had, ta- it had taken a while, because that obviously with oh, Isaac Florentine right. as well. They'd worked together, they'd, they'd established a relationship of, right, you know, of like, of, with Adkins in his supporting roles, but they were really trying to help get Adkins to the next level. And Ninja wasn't, it didn't end up being the hit that they hoped it would be, which then delayed sort of Adkins' ascent uh, of a couple of years, I think. So the, the, but it was like, it wasn't until a couple of the other films came along later that, that he sort of cemented himself. But Ninja was their first sort of trial run, I guess, of, of trying to put him in. <laughs> How do you feel about his American accent, by the way? Uh, I'll say to stick to the his original. <laughs> well, I, personally, I just I like when he speaks in his, his normal, accent. natural voice. I actually yeah. don't have any problem with his yeah, American okay. accent, but I I prefer his natural voice, and that goes for just about any actor. Just speak in your voice, you know, mm. and speak your truth. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, so yeah, and then there's a sequel, right? Is Shadow of a Tear? That might be coming up. So. Oh, okay. Yes, that's um, that was say that was a couple of years later. Funnily enough, um, mm-hmm. uh, Ninja Shadow of a Tear was the same year as my number five, mm-hmm. which is uh, Green Street Three: Never Back Down. Oh, good choice. Which yeah. which ties in with what you're saying. Which one of the reasons I loved it so much is because uh, Adkins gets to use his natural. He gets to play an Englishman, uh, which he hasn't really had <laughs> much of a chance to do prior to that. He's usually playing Russians or Americans. <laughs> and stuff so this was him in a british movie a british movie in a british setting playing a brit so just on that that's that sort of um level alone i was really interested but i also think it, it is just a really good entertaining fun movie i mean it's quite silly uh it comes off the back of uh, green street 2 which was a funnily made by jesse johnson but it was set in the uk but clearly not shot in the uk uh, and just felt really sort of rougher, very rough around the edges. And Green Street Three is like a feels like a proper, uh, you know, it would only exist in DTV. That's the only place a film like Green Street Three could exist because I, I just couldn't see it in a cinema. But you know, it adds in all those sort of tournament movie kind of conventions and stuff, and it's just a lot of fun. Yes, I agree with that completely. And I think there's uh, three or four montages. I think it might be five. <laughs> there's a lot of montages. <laughs> well, he's got to train all because they got to take. I don't know if you know much about the hooligan sort of subgenre of British gangster movies, but this was kind of a film that was kind of, uh, you know, the first one was odd enough because it was Elijah Wood, but right, the like it was all <laughs> British. It was all gangsters and hooligans and stuff. And in this one, they're basically saying, right, we're going to train the hooligans yeah. to be mar- <laughs> mixed martial artists yeah, and take part in a tournament. Idea. So a you have to, you've got to have your montages to do that. It's like Rise of the Foot Soldier. You know, they make all these sequels now, mm. and then, you know, has Craig Fairbrass, yeah. <laughs> like, who might be coming up later. I'm not sure, Ty, but or. 
he might I mean, be making an appearance in another movie of. where Richard, or sorry, um, uh, where Scott Atkins plays an Englishman in an English movie. Um, I, yeah, not maybe, maybe not because I think <laughs> I'll give oh. you a heads up. Well, well I'll mention it anyway. Yeah, I'll, okay, I'll mention it as a as an honorable mention. Oh, okay. I mean, I, <laughs> what's interesting? Well, your thing is called Green Street Three, Never Back Down. Yes. Well, ours is Green Street uh, Hooligan. Ours Green Street Three Underground. Yeah, I think it's Green Street Hooligans Underground. In, yeah, we won't get the hooligans. Ground. We just yeah, got took hooligans out. Yeah. Oh, they do. Oh, they did take yeah. that out, didn't they? I know there was. I think the original one was called Green Street Hooligans. Over there. Oh yeah, it was, and that stayed yeah. over here. And then, but then they the took second it one was Green Street Hooligans too, and set in prison, and I think it's yeah. Graham McTavish. <laughs> it's like, and then uh, then there's this third one. Hey, you should make a fourth one. Why not? <laughs> oh, I'd love to. I, I, I think it would be great. I mean, the other great thing about Green Street Three is it was um, directed by James Nunn, who has become himself quite quite the staple of of DCV action. And uh, has had, you know, made more than one film with with Adkins. It's kind of uh, he ended up going and doing um, WWE Marine mm. sequels. Oh. And his most recent film was Sharkbait, which was a non action movie. But that was pretty good as well. So he's one of my favorite sort of new generation of directors. So it was nice to see Ad- Adkins all, often works with very established directors like Florentine. But then he works with up and comers and you know it doesn't always work out but every now and again sort of you know uh, catches lightning in a bottle a little bit and i think green street three it's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination but it's got enough that's unique and interesting and fun about it that that uh, it's it's absolutely one of my favorites yes and i agree with that and, my, and go the ahead. music goes sorry just the music goes along right. with that because you know there's a lot of 80s style music that I forget the name of the guy that did the songs right now, but it, it kind of helps with the whole training sequences and a somewhat 80s-ish vibe of the movie with the with these songs that um, that I thought was really enjoyable, added to the fun factor of the movie. And it has yeah. one of my favorite kind of now, I guess it's a cliche or just, you know, a scene you see a lot where he's down and out and then he gets the power. He gets the no, power he, to fight <laughs> back. I and there's some great that. characters. Um, what's yeah. the guy's name? It's like Jilly or um, uh, <laughs> there's like a there's like a really likable character who's sort of like a pudgy, overweight guy, and then he helps Scott. Oh, Gilly, yeah. yeah, yeah, Gilly, yeah. yeah. I, I remember. I like that character. And then you have got that mess. The guy who's the bad guy, who's the cop, who's who's actually about Spencer Wilding. He's an enormous guy. I quite liked him in it. Uh, Joey Amser, who's a very established, you know martial artist and choreographer and director he's he's the he's uh scott atkins character's mate uh who's like on the other side of the law you know so he's the law enforcer and stuff and then there's a nice little romance that goes on with um uh casey barnfield uh as molly which Atkins, which is nice uh i'd say i just think it's a very ex- it's it's the kind of film that you th- you can imagine a lot of people not giving a chance but yeah. I think if yeah. if more people did sort of give it a go, I think they would have fun with it, especially sort of. I mean, it's directed towards the the sort of uh, British gangster movie fan sort of crowd. Uh, and it's got state some of the staples in there, like a, there's a guy called Josh Myers, who is also in films like the Rise and like the Rise of the Foot Soldier films and stuff, especially recently. And uh, I think, you know. Those that audience will will eat it up, uh, but also there's you know people on who just like uh, martial arts movies and, and and tournament films and stuff in general, which will enjoy it, 
but it, it's got that added dimension, just sort of something a bit different about it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, maybe it had a different title and it wasn't called Green Street Three. Maybe more people would watch it. So that, that I think that you're right. Be, yeah, could be putting people off unnecessarily. If they make a Green Street Four, you know, we can bring back Elijah Wood. I'd like to see Elijah Wood versus Scott <laughs> and Atkins. Scott Atkins. We bring yeah, them both in. Let's bring them back in because let's, you know he's he's older now, but he still looks like he's five years old. But it's just like <laughs> yeah. Um, I think so. you I think you could get Elijah Wood these days, yeah. but could you get yeah. Charlie Hunnam? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think Charlie Hunnam's doing doing quite all right for himself in the, in the sort of higher budget ends, whereas Elijah Wood is sort of sort of in and out of he goes back and sleazy forth. horror movies and stuff these days. Is, um, did you see the Charlie Hunnam uh, King Arthur movie? No, because I'm really not. In a, I don't find Charlie Hunnam appealing, so I, well, I don't, I've not really watched. He's not very good in it, but Jude Law is very good in it as the villain. Uh-huh. So if you want to suffer through it, but Jude Law is, uh, <laughs> is like he's fine. He's like the Merlin or whatever. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> like a Merlin I do like Guy Ritchie movies, though, so um, yeah. I will watch it at some point. Yeah, it's very weird because you watch it's like there's all these Guy Ritchie kind of fast paced sequences. Like, wait, this is set mm-hmm. in a long time ago. Why? Is this? <laughs> it's just, it's very odd feeling. Well, it's like Sherlock Holmes, you know. It's, yeah. Well, that's the know. thing. I, I I like Guy Ritchie movies, but I don't generally watch the ones that aren't inverted commas Guy Ritchie movies. If right. you see what I mean, the um, yeah. you know, the the gangster movie type stuff. You know, the the, the gentleman, for example, absolutely loved. But I haven't watched uh. Sherlock Holmes one or two or Aladdin or uh, Aladdin. whatever you know Aladdin, the, the yeah. two or three other the, the big blockbuster kind of movies yeah. that, that he's been doing recently. I'm I mean, more interested good. in stuff like Revolver. Yeah, Revolver. I, was I like say Revolver. Revolver. That was good. Because Datham goes completely crazy in it. The, the movie goes completely crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I remember being at the cinema and there was no end credits, and I was like, "What is happening? <laughs> Why yeah, are there no names? Wow. Why is it just a blank screen?" Mm, interesting. <laughs> Um, it's just a very, well, very uh, unsettling experience. My number four was actually with Green Street 3. So we oh, had okay. Nice oh, well, there you go. So we already well yeah. covered that one. Yeah, good <laughs> overlap there. So we yeah. said a lot about that. So Richard, what's your number four? Right. So uh, my next one is probably uh, Adkins' most famous character. It's, it's like the fan favorite character. from from the, It's the one that established him. Uh, but this is not the, I'm not going to mention the particular film that is the one that launched the character or uh, is generally seen as like the favorite. I'm going for the for the fourth film in the Undisputed series, uh, Boyka Undisputed, also known as Undisputed Fight for Freedom in the UK DVD release. And that's because I think the character has been quite well embedded by this point and Adkins gets to do more with him and it yes. becomes more about uh Adkins's performance as the character and taking a journey ra- rather than so much about just turning up for the action sequences. Now, the third film kind of did this, uh, Undisputed 3, uh, which I can't remember the subtitle of, but that was the one that put the Yuri Boyka character at the forefront. But I, I, I only saw it once and I don't remember it that well. So that for that reason, really, I'm, I'm, I'm putting uh, the fourth one because uh, even though Florentine didn't direct it or maybe he did and just didn't get the credit i'm not quite sure because it does feel like one of his movies it's it's it does have all the hallmarks and i don't know i just thought it was a really good sort of 
uh, more development it. for the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, I think we really like outside the prison yeah. being a good start. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's yeah, there's more emotion. Like you, there's the second one. Yeah, you know, last man, undisputed two, last man standing, and undisputed three, redemption. Right, when that would be redemption. Uh, that was it. Yes. Yeah. yes. So, yeah, he's not in prison, and you care more about his plight. So yeah, he he's more like a tortured character, and uh, he gets to be emotional as well as fight. So I mean, that that's. Really, and then playing he to and he gets to fight Martin Ford, yeah, the enormous yeah, Martin Ford, Kashmar, which that was a character's name. That is a super. Uh, I mean, I guess he's a kind of a meathead, but well, he's beyond a meathead. I, yeah. I think we described him as a terrifying man mountain. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, but it's really hard for a guy like Martin Ford to go through daily life. You yeah. know what I mean? So we can't like, really make fun of him. Well. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to get on his yeah, bad you wouldn't, side. Yeah, you wouldn't. <laughs> but I mean, you've, I'm, I'm you've also got. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, oh, yeah. Now you've also got Brahim Chab in there as well, and he's a very good um, martial artist himself. So you've you've got all the you know you've got the mar- you've got these really good fight scenes in there as well with you know um, Martin Ford being the you know the typical David and Goliath kind of setup yeah. that you have in a lot of these movies and it, and it, i think it probably can be quite hard for them to find another really enormous i mean i was watching um uh funnily enough we for our latest episode or one of our more recent episodes on the DTV digest we did uh, D, uh TC2000 oh. which <laughs> which has that memorable scene with Bolo Young fighting that absolutely enormous guy dressed in leather I don't know if you remember that, but the, 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 there's the, these. This is a convention that goes back, you know, way back. You know, it's it's one of the favourites. It's it's another cliche of the day, basically, kind of oh, thing. Oh yeah. But <laughs> of of having these sort of David Goliath hunting and Martin Ford is just he's like up there with you know a lot of any with uh, I don't know Conan Stevens and stuff re- recently. Or the um the guy who was in uh, Game of Thrones who's called the Mountain. He's done. Uh, he did one. Actually, he did an Egyptian film. He turned up, and he was being, he was being the sort of big antagonist in that one. But Martin Ford stands out because his body is such a, an odd shape, uh, <laughs> and so he's got he's, he's got the muscles and stuff, and he 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 looks in you know I don't mean to, you know it's not a derogatory thing to kind of say, but he looks quite inhuman. So therefore, that kind of works for his character in the movie because he kind of brought out like a monster. Like yeah. a Resident Evil kind of monster yes. no, that's <laughs> for no, Boyka to fight, and I think that just that makes that alone makes the film sort of stand out. Because yeah, I remember that's a, true. a similar guy, and he's in that movie, The Protector of Tony Jaw, Nathan Jones. Nathan Jones, yeah, the, yes, yeah, yeah, Australian, yeah. Yeah, and, and also we, something we were just uh, you know we were just talking about kickboxer the retaliation, and there's a giant guy in that that. Um, yeah. Uh, was it Alain Moussi is the yeah he has a, to fight him and it he's like this giant guy and it, that's <laughs> the mountain that's, that's no, the mountain oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh okay yeah that's the guy from Game of Thrones I think I'm pretty sure so that so that cliche uh, if you want to call it that is still definitely going on because these are some newer movies and they're still doing that so where the hero has to fight a a, a giant and man you gotta like uh, the parts where like he punches them but it makes no dent. And, yeah. like, <laughs> and then you see their face and they go, uh oh. Yeah, yeah, like, uh. And then they get like thrown across the ring. <laughs> yeah, you see that. Yeah, that's a good one. You see that. I love that one. That's really funny to me. And you even see that in everything, like from TV shows right, where someone like punches a tough guy and then they <laughs> doesn't do like, anything. Nothing, and you see nothing. their face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and sometimes there's even a sound effect that kind of reinforces that, like, boom. 
<laughs> like there's yeah, like yeah. it's not that normal punch sounds more like a stopping style sound that definitely happens in the you know i guess the opening for them to show cobra michael dudikoff he like he punches uh like a, a tough dude and doesn't make a dent <laughs> there's a great face by dudikoff like uh not good it's like <laughs> Um, but yeah, but, uh, but Undisputed 4 really yeah. does cover all the bases of anything an action fan could want because it's not just a bunch of mindless punching. Like there's actually a good plot and good acting and it's really a kind of a, a well-rounded movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's definitely one it, out of the out of all of them. It's probably the one that I'm more inclined to go back and rewatch. Although I would really the third one's actually quite hard to get hold of over here. So oh. the um um, the fourth one very easy it's had a dvd release it's on netflix and stuff but the 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 second one is reasonably easy to get hold of the third one is kind of you've got to track it down on vod is basically your only chance okay um ty my number three is accident man oh i didn't see that coming <clears throat> see, oh, well, you i know see, what you're thinking of oh well because this well you get to see a little bit more of you know scott's uh, comedic side yes and there was some really good fights with Michael Jai White and some and um, Amy Johnston. Oh yeah, like, and you could see and Ray Park. Part, Ray Park, yeah, and you could you could see that there's a little heart put into it. A lot of work went into that, making this a kind of little movie. You know, like a Ray Winston. So. Oh yeah, well he's like his mentor, right? Is that who he plays yes. in that? Uh, Ray Stevenson. Oh, oh yeah. Oh sorry, thank you. Ray Stevenson, not Ray Winston. Well, I like to say it's Ray Stevenson and Ray Park. So you know. <laughs> a lot of rays um, to keep track. Of. Yeah, a lot of rays. Um, yeah. yeah so yeah, this one. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that this is it's sort of Guy Ritchie esque with all the characters. It is. And, yeah. yeah. And this one was basically Scott Adkins cashing in his chips on all the credibility and clout exactly. that he'd managed to gather. This was his pet project. Um, this was a comic book that uh, 2080 comic strip comic book that he'd enjoyed. Uh, when he was younger and he'd always wanted to play that character uh, and bring it to life and him and his uh his his mate Stu small who is his often often works on the screenplays for a lot of his films these days um they kind of brought this to project together and the film yeah they managed to say get people like like um michael jai white who he'd worked with in the past and uh and, and yeah yeah make it like this british gangster movie thing but you know with jesse johnson on board again you know jesse johnson one of the best action directors doesn't generally work in the uk so here he was adkins in the uk johnson in the uk working on this project together fantastic cast great action scenes uh they put some of the marketing put for it was was really good you know it was a really great uh, american poster but the film got absolutely nothing you know did nothing here did nothing in the uk they put it out on dvd with an awful awful like um cover which just didn't sell the film at all it had none of the you know like the america the poster that's on imdb mm. the theatrical poster it's just it's it's so vibrant and colorful and comic book and the the, the uk dvd sort of conveys none of that and you just think who so you don't know who the film is for uh, and I think that's why it didn't necessarily perform as well, but it has performed well enough and garnered enough of a sort of a, uh, a cult uh, following that they have managed to get a sequel off the ground. Uh, and it's, you know, it's it's coming very soon, I think, like like oh, maybe good. next year. Oh, OK, that's good. What's interesting about Accident Man is that David Pamer is in it also. <laughs> that's yeah. right. He is. I'd forgotten that. 
And what's funny about David Paymer is that he was in a TV show about 10 years ago called Line of Fire. I don't know if you've ever heard of that or seen it. He just plays like an evil gangster. Like, uh, it's like I can't imagine David Paymer as an evil gangster. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I just remember him from films like Carpool with Tom Arnold. <laughs> well, he usually so, plays that nerdy, nebbish yeah, character. Nerdy but he's like really serious. He has like he has uh, glasses. And it's of like, course. Yeah. And I remember when it was like, this is uh, interesting casting here. <laughs> so you're saying in Accident Man, they kind of did it again where he's kind of. Yeah, but he's more kind of nebbish in Accident Man, right? Uh, from what I remember, yes. But yeah, yeah, it has the colorful characters and um, yeah, the kind of what we said. It's like it has that. But when you call it a, like a British gangster movie, this is a little different because it's a little more. What's the word? I guess you'd say humorous and colorful than than that typically describes. But yeah, it's 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 got it's that cartoonish, say, comic book origins kind of yeah. thing they've gone for, and and it's also the action is. Uh, it's Scott working with a guy called Tim Mann, who's pr- responsible for a, a larger uh, number of some of you know his more re- uh, some of his best stuff. Basically, is what he's worked with with, with Tim Mann, including uh, uh, the second Ninja movie. Um, all right, so that was my number on. three. I guess you're onto your number three. Richard? I'm onto my number three. Yes. Okay. Um, now uh, I hope it's okay if I double up on this, but I've gone right for the ahead. deck gone for the debt collector and sort of by you know you've really got to put debt collector 2 in there as well because they're you know they're essentially a a package deal by this point i mean when the first film came out um it was uh it was again jesse johnson and and scott adkins i think this might have been one of the first ones they did i think they'd done savage dog before that's actually one one i actually haven't seen yet um although i'm a big fan there's there's, there's a few I haven't seen. Yeah, Savage um, Dog's interesting. Well, we'll go back there in a second. But yeah, so Debt Collector. Like- yeah, so Debt Collector is, you know, it's it's set in America, but Atkins gets to play English, so that all, automatically that's that's a buy-in from me. And then you know you've got the the sort of realistic setting, but the sort of comic sort of uh, banter, uh, and that with uh, with Lewis Mandalore, it's it's not really so much led by the action or the plot. It's more about the conversations that they're having. But there are very exciting, distinctive action sequences, which I think just and also, you know, Lewis Mandalore as well. So the the the, the films uh, have a lot of uh, have a lot of impact. And the the weird thing is, the first one has a very very definite conclusion, which then gets. Uh, in typical Hollywood style, completely rewritten so that they can do a sequel. Uh, in, in, the, in, in the end of the first film, Adkins mm. has, has got various gunshots, including one in the neck. Uh, and at the, in the second film, they kind of acknowledge the fact that these guys were, were shot and <laughs> they, they shouldn't have really survived. But they, they, they don't mention at all that he was shot in the neck, which was basically the fatal, the really fatal wound that he had. So they've kind of done a, a what do you call it? Um, retcon on on the right. first film so, so to justify the fact that a second one can exist but i'll forgive it because the second one is, is just more of the same it's it's just more great banter and uh, and action scenes for, from from those guys and if they do i'd love to see a third one because it, it's just a package that works ty well, thoughts I, I still need to see debt collector 2 
Um, I'm assuming it came out here. I'll double check. Also, well, it's, called, it's also known as Debt Collectors. Debt Collectors. And, oh, and like Payback the is the other title as well. Oh, okay. It's like, it's In the like, UK, yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it was released as all three titles. <laughs> <laughs> In various formats, you know. That always happens. Yeah, you could, yeah, it's like Alien and Aliens. This is Debt Collector right. Debt Collectors. <laughs> yeah. So it's like... So um. Uh, yeah, there might you be guys fans? You guys like these ones? I, I've I, only seen the first one. I don't um, I believe I've seen either one. I saw actually. the first one because I got it from the library of all places. Uh-huh. The library has a lot of Sky Atkins movies. Uh, <laughs> it does? <laughs> what a library. Yeah. <laughs> I typed it in. It's like, the other Sky Atkins movies? The Deck Collector? Sure, I'll rent that. The other reason it's special for me is because I got to see it on the big screen oh, at the Fighting Spirit Film Festival. And got to meet Scott Adkins and Jesse Johnson and Lewis Mandalore and stuff at the same time. So, so you've met Scott Adkins. Yeah, we we um, me and my uh, pal Mike, who is the you know sort of the the leader on the DTV Digest uh, sort of podcast project, uh, he arranged us to have an interview with Scott. Uh, and so we sat down with, with him for like, uh, and he just he'd just been filming Avengement at this point. Uh, and so uh, we met him. He'd, he'd got his hair all shaved off and stuff. And we sat down for him for a while. But then during the course of it, you know, Jesse Johnson turns up and uh, and uh, and Lewis Mandalore. And we all end up sitting down and and, and uh, Jesse Johnson even like said, oh, do you guys want a cup of tea? And so I went off and got his drinks. <laughs> and was, it was surreal. And then at the end of the movie, uh, I, I got to I got to actually you know, sort of go up, lean over to uh, uh, Jesse Johnson or whatever, because he was present at the screening to say, you know, how much I'd like the film. And I thought I, it might be because I'd had a, a bit to drink when I'd watched it, but the ending is quite an emotional one. Uh, it's it's all about, um, uh, there's a weird thing where Johnson is likening his character's situations to lambs, uh, to cows being led to slaughter. So th- there's these little arty, uh, inserts of cows in black and white uh, and at the end of the movie the kind of uh, the whole idea is which is why the, the sequel sort of invalidates it because the whole point of the movie is that they die and you know the, the there's a guy sitting down with his daughter at the end and he's saying and she's saying about the cows and uh, how the uh, you know did they have a good life and all that sort of thing and do they you know do they mind it and he's like oh yeah yeah and he's like he's like the guy's lying to his daughter about how wonderful the cow's lives is before they're killed and you know the, it, it's quite a it's quite a little moving little scene especially if say if you're if you've had a couple of drinks and i just thought that was quite a nice that was quite a nice sort of i don't know coda is the right word sort of the denouement it's kind of it leaves things on a on a very unusual note uh, and i think that works really nicely but then obviously in the sequel they kind of just ignore the fact that that ever happened and there's they, they there's none of the um uh, black and white inserts of cows or whatever anymore it's just very much a more of a straightforward kind of story i think if they went back and re-edited it you know that which they you know if it was a big blockbuster movie what they would do is they would go back and they would probably take out the cow stuff and they would end the movie a little bit earlier uh they'd like re-edit it and you know this is what disney plus would do <laughs> if they did it but it just goes to show that there's more to action movies and direct video movies and even Scott Adkins movies than people might think. You know, there there's deeper themes and deeper emotions going on than just the normal punching and kicking, as Scott yes, alluded to earlier. Yeah, yeah. And there's a powerful, there's quite an, uh, a powerful scene 
with Lewis Mandel's character, um, where he's sort of opening up about why he's, you know, why does why does he drink so much and you know sort of live day to day, you know, as living on the edge kind of thing, and you know what what's the trauma in his past, and that kind of cut. It starts out as quite a light sort of, you know, you know, uh, Scott Adkins' character French is really ribbing him and saying, oh, why are you so pathetic and whatever, and, and then this stuff sort of just sort of comes out, and you're like, oh, the scene just completely changes, and that's what's great about Lewis Mandel is he can play um both sides he's 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 and he's worked with jesse johnson a number of times as well including uh hell hath no fury quite recently and yeah, he's another actor who's really coming he's been around for a long time oh yeah him and his brothers costas they <laughs> you know uh, costas mandalore was always kind of the more successful one and lewis mandalore was sort of working in dtv and and uh you know tv series like uh, martial law with Samo hung and you know it was just kind of just kind of one of those guys who was around, but he never really sort of established himself. But now I think a lot of people know Lewis Mandalore, whether they, you know, by name or by sight. And, you know, he's, he's got much more credibility and he's kind of become sort of a, he's become much more of a, a, a name, you know, a sort of a star in the, in the sort of DTV world. So a film like um, Hell Hath No Fury can sort of headline him. Uh, and then he does films like uh, there was another one he did called The Brave, which he was the lead in. But yeah, he, and and then he say he's also turning up in sort of small roles in other films that I think he even turned. He did turn up in uh, Avengement as well with uh, the, with Scott Atkins. And uh, yeah, so he's another one of my. He's kind of one of my favorite DTV guys now. Oh, interesting. Well, there's about Costas Mandalore. He was in this movie in the '90s called Crosscut. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that. And it's a classic 90s cover. He has the gun sideways. <laughs> and, and it says, No one quits the mob. <laughs> I remember Wait. Costas Mandalore from Picket Fences mainly. <laughs> but he was, but, he, but then when he got, when when he got sort of pulled into the, you know, to the Saw franchise and was like basically headlining the Saw series, that was strange to me. <laughs> so it's like Costas Mandalore kind of. Uh, you know, having his moment in 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 the sun with to an extent, well, to, to an extent, as my source series. But he was kind of, you know, the sort of the he took over from Tobin Bell essentially. And uh, yeah, I quite, I've always quite liked him, and he's he's sort of new. And every now and again, they do a film together. But it wasn't until relatively recently that I even knew they were Australian. I always thought they were Americans. Oh, I- I thought they're American too. Constantly. Yeah, I don't even think I knew that till just now. <laughs> just now, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I think, unlike Scott, I think their American accents are much more convincing. I think Scott, yeah. you can tell he's not American, but I think Lewis and Costas have basically nailed the accent. Yeah, so much so that it fooled us. So yeah, you know, for for that, that's worth years. anything. Um, okay, Ty, what have you got? Oh, my number two pick is Ninja Two. Oh, okay, Ninja Two. Okay, so yeah, you're Shadow right. Shadow of a Tear. Yep. <laughs> it's a very classy title. It is very poetic, even. Yeah. But I think it's me. meant to sound more Japanese, almost you know, like a haiku or something. Cause I can so. totally see that, you know, like a shadow of a tear. It's like, <laughs> well, there is a reason for that in the movie. Like, there's a, a reason. Um, of course, you remember the reason? No, I don't. <laughs> but but the, the title didn't come out of nowhere. There there there's some reference in the movie to that. Um, but yeah, so it's more of this great ninja action. Well, the Kane yeah, so, fight. Yeah, go ahead. Exactly, exactly. How, how you, you do a ninja movie, you get the son of the original ninja. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how fantastic <laughs> is that? So I mean, Scott Adkins must have loved that—the fact that he was making a film with with Shokasugi's son uh, in um, 
really, you know, technically, you know, a, a white guy should not be starring in ninja movies generally. It's um, it's it's a bit of a weird thing, but that obviously goes back to Michael Dudikoff, an American ninja, yeah. yeah. So, but Kane Kusugi really needs, you know, he's he's not really had many sort of star vehicles for himself, and he re- he really sort of need, he did one called Blood Heat in Japan. I was just about to mention that. I was just about to mention Blood Heat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like he's been around. Like we we see his yeah. name in the credits a lot, but you're right, he hasn't been like front and center too much, if at all. No, he did films like. Uh, well, he's he's kind of one of those guys who's turned up all over the place because he was in Dead or Alive, the the oh. the Corey Ewan yeah. um, volleyball yeah, Eric, <laughs> Eric Roberts <laughs> game, Eric Roberts Eric the video thing, and also yeah, it turns up Godzilla Final Wars, I think he was in, uh, and yeah, he's just he's he's kind of never sort of really gotten his due. I think he if anyone needs to get a DTV action, you know, leading role. Uh, it's him. I mean, why? You know, why wasn't he? You know, he he could do with a movie like Snake Eyes, something like that. You know, he, he needs something high profile for him. Yeah, no, I agree. But, I, we still may see that. I feel like that day could still come. Yeah, he's still relatively young, obviously. And we've got so yeah, Ninja Two. It's got Scott working with Tim Mann, and the the sort of the action sequences are are really the things that uh, oh, uh, people well are done. a big fan of. Yes. Yeah, that's it's 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 a cut above it. it, it oh, absolutely, that's a great it point. Co- Correct some of the mistakes of the first film and becomes. You don't even have to have seen the first film. It's kind of a standalone, really. But uh, it's it's not. Again, it, it's weird because it's not one of my favourites. It's not one I generally would go back to a lot. I do mm-hmm. I do plan to watch it again at some point. But Same. it's it's yeah. it's not the I've I watched it and I enjoyed it. But it, for me, I I just needed I I just prefer some of his. Uh, other for, prefer some of his other stuff and you know like um like boyka for example compared to mm-hmm. maybe the casey character i'm just not as interested in <laughs> right, casey. i believe there is a dvd with both movies on it right? yes that's exactly what i have so I found oh okay so uh, if you could find uh, that then it's just an easy way to just get a hold of both i think i found that at a place called game exchange i don't know if you have that in the uk <laughs> i it's uh um, um but it's a place that sells used movies and video games. yeah used dvds and stuff like that records so like yeah, we've got a place called Sex or, or CEX, as I prefer to say, because <laughs> I feel more comfortable saying that. But yeah, CEX. <laughs> um, that, that, that's basically the only game in town for um, for old DVDs and video games and stuff these days over here. There used to be a couple of others, but they've all they've all gone. Yeah, that's that's sad. There should be more stores like that around. Um, all right, so. So my number two is Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning, another <laughs> example I, of a of a number four in a series. Well, that's really funny because that's my number one. That's my uh, number one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so close. It was, I tell you, it was it was it was close for me. I was sort of mm-hmm. alternating between another film that is probably going to be your number two. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 so <laughs> about what what was my favorite, and I think what I like about um, I mean, Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning is it's not a film that sells itself on Scott Adkins because it's more about selling Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren. But they're not really in it very much. Scott Adkins is the is kind of he, you're watching the film and it's, oh, I'm with this guy instead. But, you know, if, you, if you're a fan, you know, but if, you, if you're if you're not a fan, then you might not sort of be that incredible. But I think the film itself, it's so intense visually and 
thematically and it's the, the blend of action and the horror and the left field turns it's taken from where the series started it's just great and it's a great performance from adkins a very demanding one from him and it also with john hyams and and you know the fantastic cinematography it's it's just another level it's it's and obviously i'm sure you agree which why it's your your favorite uh tie under their own command well i was about to say it like they're under their own command. I always love that uh, tagline for the movies. Like, okay, <laughs> finally, they're under their own command. They're not under the command of Jerry Orbach anymore. <laughs> <We're just> like... <laughs> yeah, so... they're out from under his thumb. But uh... <laughs> where do you guys stand on the where do you guys stand on the first three films? So in well, comparison to this, because they're very different. Well, go ahead, Ty. You go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> Classic. Go ahead on the podcast. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. I'd say. I gotta say, Day of Reckoning really is like maybe the number two slide. Your number one is Universal Soldier because you gotta love the first one. But I mean, I, then, this, yeah. then the fourth one, and then I guess wait, oh, oh, Regeneration. Well, that see, was really I, good too. Yeah, yeah, as as you know, Ty. I'll count the I, Rege- Regeneration is my personal favorite. I think mm-hmm. Universal Soldier Regeneration is an amazing movie. I'm always singing the praises of this movie. It's I, if you want to talk about intense, like when it came back. Yeah. I think this was a reaction to those bad sort of like made for TV Canadian. Yeah, did movies. you ever see those? That's Burt Reynolds and Gary Busey. <laughs> it's like. I think because when John Hyams came on board, I think it was kind of like, okay, we're just going to sweep this away. We're going to do the total opposite. And then they brought in the goods for regeneration. I mean, it's brutal. It's um, but but also beautifully shot and um, has so many great things going for it. So just speaking solely for myself, to me, regeneration is my favorite Universal Soldier. but I could definitely see why you'd pick um, a Day, Day of, of Reckoning. Reckoning. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it's something about Day of Reckoning. There's so many great parts to that too. Like the, the scene. That's the scene with um. They're in like a sporting goods store. Yes, sports. yeah. That's the baseball bat. Take it off a head seat. But that's yeah, like I love. I think I said at the time. But this is that's like a piece of music where it's like leading up to that. It's like the music goes up, the music goes down, the music goes over here, and then it ends with a climax. With you know that obviously with the baseball, it's like that is so well done, so well edited and paced. It's just that is that is an incredible scene. But the other thing is that kind of these movies are in their own way kind of a variation on superhero movies, and in this mm-hmm. one, Adkins character is discovering his superpowers. So he's going on a journey from basically waking up in hospital, basically amnesiac, to you know finding out who he is and you know what he can do. And so you're taking you're going on this journey and then it's and it's got these obvious sort of apocalypse now references through the journey that he's taking and the reason i mean obviously the reason i've chosen it is because it's an atkins movie and we're doing the atkins shot but i do prefer it to regeneration and in mm. the series and the reason for that is as much as i love regeneration it 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 does it, it breaks the rules on casting because it doesn't have a central protagonist and it's it's kind of like jean-claude van damme is the main character but he only turns up for like half an hour and which has always made me really sort of unsettled of watching it. Cause I'm like, I don't know who I'm supposed to be focusing on. They kind of, they put Andre the Pitbull as like the top credited guy, but he's, he's not a character you're following. He's no, kind of he's just the guy. muscle character. Yeah. yeah. And so the Van Damme and you know, they do some great stuff with Van Damme's character and the PTSD and all that sort of thing that his character's mm-hmm. got in that and the journey that he takes uh, and where he ends up at the end, which obviously leads into the sort of very bizarre turn that they've taken with putting his character as essentially the villain of this story. 
Um, and he has that, that makeup the, on. Yeah, regeneration was very, um, what do you call it? It was very blue. You know, it was very yeah. dark and sort of very uncomfortable. Day of Reckoning is very vibrant. There's all these sort of weird, uh, you know, the, the flashing light scenes and stuff, you know, where it all, the, the screen or... goes white, um, you know, and it's 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 not for people with epilepsy, this mm-hmm. film at all. Uh, and, you know, yeah, it's just, it's such a, it's such a high quality movie yeah. that still, you know, I think because it's, a, again, because it's a Universal Soldier sequel, it's still one of those movies that's got a kind of a cult reputation, but a lot of people still haven't seen because they would be like, oh, it's just another thing. But it's right. not. It's like a really intense horror movie. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Psychological horror, horror, horror movie. I'm sitting here movie. nodding my head like, yes, it's true. It's Yeah, you think, oh, this is some TV some sequel, sequel, Universal Soldier. Oh, Van Damme's back, I see. No, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's what you would say. Like, oh, really? Yeah, but then, but you're right, and you're actually making a really strong case. You're almost like convincing me about that it might be the better movie. But um, yeah, it's I totally agree with that. And then there's definitely horror elements in Regeneration, which appealed to me, and maybe that's why yes. I prefer it. But yeah, you're right. If again, if let's just say this came, this movie came out in 1992 and it went to the theater and maybe even had a different title, it would be huge. People would be talking about it all the time. But because mm. of what it is and where you know the, the circumstance of how it was released yeah not enough people have seen it so i, I would well, definitely like recommend it stigma of like uh, yeah a little bit because, you know because of the return was very poor yeah I, and but i think these movies have gone some way as to establishing how good yeah, they it's been are turned. Yeah. it's been turned around and that's why day of reckoning is such a great movie it's like it's a dreamlike quality mm. you don't know what's really going to happen it's a little more Dolph longer but i say that for everyone and it's like just like christian slater and it's just yeah. like <laughs> yeah. And also the the other thing about this is, you know, this is uh, Adkins working with Van Damme for about the fourth time. You know, they kind of, yeah. they've done, they Adkins had supporting roles in The Shepherd. They'd kind of done their sort of team up movie, Assassination Games. And then uh, Adkins was, at, he's kind of like the main henchman in Expendables 2. So these guys have got a relationship and, the, the, and this movie kind of is a sort of a, it's kind of a baton passing of you know it's it's yeah. a proper you know meaty role for adkins but also uh, in the background you know uh, you know uh, van damme's sort of a bit quirky a bit more leaning towards retirement or whatever he gets to still to do what he he wants to do which is a quirky character role as well you know like you say with his head being sort of painted half white and stuff you know van damme's a you know he's He's a very experimental guy, you know, he's, he's another, I mean, you say looking at regeneration, you know, what he wants to do as an actor, you know, there's a guy who's grown. I mean, you look at the, look at his performance in like the first Universal Soldier where he's basically just a big God, beefcake kind of, dumb, kind of character. Yeah. No, well, that's the classic yeah. game of the 90s. And, yeah. 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 Like, and then he's oh, like, no, I, he, uh, he got to that point in like, I guess the early 2000s or something where he was like, no, I'm. Yeah, I'm going to start doing, you know, more. I want to lean into drama. I want to do more intense roles and, you know, play against type. You know, I'm, I'm not going to rely on. I'm, I don't want to just be, you know, relying on good looks and, and stuff. You know, he obviously still thinks a lot of himself. You know? So I'm sure he's still got the ego. But at the same time, he's kind of like, I want to I want to be damaged. I want to I want to sort of look at look at what 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 is the what is happening to some of these people who live these, you know, imaginary lives of you know how would it feel if you I mean i love universal soldier too right universal soldier the return but the funny thing about it is he he was dead 
in the original. <laughs> and in, in this one, he has fathered a child. <laughs> I'm sure I've said, I might have said this to you guys before, but that's, that's like, that's like the massive, you know, the, 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 the sort of life changing science <laughs> it's kind of like that's an afterthought they're like oh yeah we can control these people no you you defeated death death is no more <laughs> like, people can just live forever now and they just completely ignore that part <laughs> but you know we're thinking about the quote from adkins earlier where he said yep. van damme was one of his idols so Absolutely, it must yeah. like you said it, it it must have been thrilling for him to work with him and then to the point where they have sort of a ongoing screen partnership and then like you said mm. passing the baton so that for that reason alone i think that's an important choice because it it, it shows that you know it demonstrates that and also what's interesting you said about van damme like changing his way of acting think about that if mm. we go to seagal for just a minute like what if he <laughs> actually changed his acting wouldn't that um, be interesting? It just like it, it would be he, really interesting, but he's never done never that. He'll never get it. He'll never do it. But it just <laughs> no. And I thought there was a film he did called um, Gunshot Straight, where he was kind of playing a gangster, and it was it wasn't anything notable. But I thought, oh, here's Seagal doing something just a bit different. He must have found that really interesting. And <laughs> oh, I was wow. on like a I was doing when he was doing his three six five six flicks thing, and he was doing these um you know um answering answering fans questions and stuff uh, live and i put i put forward the question oh what was it like working on that film and you know whatever and hoping for like a, a lively anecdote and he was like oh what film was that i can't even remember doing that and i don't know if he was just being i don't know if he was just being i just don't want to talk you know i, I just don't want to cooperate you know like how, well, how it's the the guy can be. <laughs> yeah, that seems likely yeah, yeah. But either that or he had a bad experience when he made it and he didn't you know didn't get on with the director or something so therefore he was like well i'm not even gonna you know even if i did enjoy it and find it interesting i'm not going to acknowledge it but i thought that was a real shame because he he was kind paulie trunks was his character in that movie yeah. and he was it was it wasn't a great character but it was something a little bit different and uh you're right you know Seagal has never taken those kind of risks. Van Damme is like, you know, they're they're in the nineties. They were, you know, in, you know, pretty. They've they always been had distinctive identities. You know, uh, Seagal was always you know, the super serious, you know, crack your bones kind of stuff, and mm. and Van Damme was the cheeky grin and you know, uh, you know, sort of flirting with the ladies kind of character. Right. And they and Seagal is, you know. You know, as of you know now, he, he still hasn't made any m movies recently, but he was uh, still trying to do that. I'm just a really intense guy kind of thing. Whereas you know, Van Damme is experimenting with comedies and you know drama. I mean, The Bouncer is fantastic. Is uh, you know he's, he's he's making films outside. He's making films in his own language. Uh, you oh. know, in in um, he, you know in French. You know, uh, instead of instead of always acting in English. So The Bouncer is a Bouncer is a film I'd love to see in the original language because I've only seen it in the dubbed version where I think they got Van Damme to dub himself. So oh. that kind of works. But I would like to see the subtitled version. But, you know, and then he does things like uh, The Last Mercenary. The, I think it was The Last Mercenary, yeah, the was, Netflix how movie. The last, how was The Last Mercenary? Uh, it's not very good. It's a very French yeah. comedy, basically. Oh, uh, and there's lots and there's lots of doubling. So mm. it's it's <laughs> not kind of any kind of return to form in any sense, but it's it's playful. It's, you know, it's all right. But... If you want to see something that's a, a bit off, similar but a bit a bit out of the ordinary, then the bouncer is kind of, or Lucas as it's also known, is probably the high watermark I would say in anything that anything that Van Damme's done recently. But even in films like um, Enemies Closer, you know, where he was 
you know, yeah, uh, dressed up as like a Canadian Mountie or whatever, and, yeah. and you know, blonde hair and stuff, yeah, and, yeah, and and yeah. Expendables too. You know, Expendables yeah. too. He was really the god is the pet of Satan. You know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of. <laughs> well, and also, even the fact that he was the bad guy is even yeah, amazing. Yeah, which I don't, it's you know. Well, Seagal did that in. Seagal did that in Machete, didn't he? And he was playing a, a Mexican a drug lord yeah, in that, right. which was quite fun. But yeah, he was but good, in, but that. only for like a couple minutes. Yeah, know? it's he not quite. It, it didn't. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I say it's just it, it, they're just miles apart now. Those two guys, and yeah, if yeah. if if you know, you were just. I, I always hoped that you know, being a hardcore Seagal fan, that he would take those kind of start to take those kind of risks and do something a bit different. And he just never will. And I think the, the time has passed now. And I think he's, yeah, he's, a, it's hard. I mean, you know, he, he's, he's quite toxic now in, in terms of, you know, revelations about certain aspects of his behavior, which have always been there, but, you know, even more so now, whereas, you know, Van Damme's had his troubles too, but I think he could, he's recovered. He's acknowledged them, you know, yeah. whereas, whereas Seagal would never acknowledge that he's made a mistake, <laughs> or whatever. He's too arrogant for that. Whereas, so I think the ship has sailed, and I'll be very. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if Seagal ever makes another film. Uh, I'm, I expect he probably will, but who knows? Really but, funny, you know, people say you know the ship has sailed, but whatever the ship goes, it gets redocked. You know, he comes back. <laughs> it's <just> like well, <laughs> it's then the ship will be under siege. Ah! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> then maybe again who knows <laughs> with the great line in expendables 2 by van damme versus stallone that big fight it's like i don't i want my money my money's worth it's like yeah, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. well he's a villain and his name is villain villain yeah, so villain. yeah so let's not forget about that oh that's um, right we gotta but, go with our, your last num- pick what, or, <laughs> I, I already did they reckoned my number one so it's oh okay fun. Yeah, so I'm I, I'm sorry, my my list is almost leading at this point. <laughs> so I apologize for that. The um, no, that no is no. I think I'd say they're interchangeable. I think Universal Soldier, Day of Reckoning, and what I have picked as my number one, very different movie. Um, uh, is I, I expect must be your number because did you state did you say your number two? Oh, I did. My two was Ninja Two. Oh, sorry. Yes, yes. So yeah. Ninja Two is your number two, and my number one, yeah, is Avengement. <laughs> Okay. Yes, and that is the movie I was referring to earlier, in case anyone was wondering about that. About the one where I said where he, it's a movie with uh, Craig Fairbrass, and yes. uh, it's a British movie. So, in case yes. anyone was wondering, that's the one I was referring to. Yeah. So I, I'm, I love the fact that it's Scott Adkins do. So he did it with Green Street, uh, three kind of sort of doing a little bit of that gangster movie kind of stuff, and in here he kind of goes goes full on, and yeah. it also was. Uh, Scott managing to again a bit like in uh, Universal Soldier he's he starts out the film well the 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 journey is a bit different in this one because it's all driven by flashbacks but he gets to show different sides of his character yeah. so he start the way he starts and the way he ends and in this one he kind of uh, at the start of the film he's kind of where he's ended up and then we get to see the flashbacks of how he got there and he starts out as this very gentle fresh faced you know kind of guy it's basically the green street 3 kind of character that's what he is in the start. You know, he's, he's very handsome and whatever, and, uh, you know, very, you know, very into it. You know, he just wants to run his martial arts, um, uh, uh dojo and, and stuff like that. But he ends up being pulled into this sort of violent world and he ends up in prison going through his transformation, a bit like a boyka kind of, kind of transformation he goes through. And then he comes out and he's like, he he's scarred and he's scary. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he's, he's, he's really dangerous and 
Adkins has sort of never gone that far in a role before. Uh, and I think so. It's pulling in from different things that he's done before, but then it's taking it somewhere different. And, and again, with Jesse Johnson directing, set in the UK, uh, it, it, it just really feels like a really strong British crime film. Uh, and it's got, say, it's got a fantastic cast of, of certainly in the UK, very known performers like Nick Moran from who was actually also in Accident Man, but from uh, from uh, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, and you know uh, the uh, uh, and obviously Craig Fairbrass is kind of the big you know reveal of like that's you know who, the guy playing his brother, who's who's basically the top you know you can't him and uh, Craig Fairbrass and Vinnie Jones are basically the two top you know if you want a guy playing a really tough <laughs> villain gangster character you get one of those guys uh, and funnily enough they both did um, they both did a Rise of the Foot Soldier film together recently although they they weren't. Um, they weren't starring it together. They were kind of both supporting characters, but they were both in their um, Rise of the Soldier origins. Too, uh, too tough, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, who knows? Well, you never know. It might, you never know what the future might hold, but uh, they yeah. might. They might actually. <laughs> I can't remember them actually doing a team up or you know anything apart from. That. I'd have to look into that. I can't remember, but I, I do love. I love both those guys. They're, they're so good. But I like. I like gangster movies. Say so mm. they're generally not about people that you would ever like or want to spend time with, but. In the in the world of the movie, it's a bit like what uh, Scott was saying in that quote you mentioned is, you know, movie violence and whatever. It's it's something you enjoy enjoy in the movie. You know, it's in the movie right. world. You're you're not. It's not something you necessarily condone in a real in a real situation. Right. I would never condone anything that that you know Kane does in Avengerman, or you know any of that kind of stuff. But in the movie, you know, I absolutely enjoy it. I love love you it to bits. Well, yeah, and I think no, it's, it's true. Yo, sorry, go ahead. No, and I think it's kind of. For, for those reasons that I've said, it, for me, it's it's Adkins' best role because it combines a great character performance. Uh, it's it's him doing something English, which is great, and also it's it's still got all those fantastic um, actions action scenes that you right. would expect him to bring to the table. Right, right. It's it's a it's a genuinely good drama. Yeah. That's well constructed, well directed, well acted, but it also has the action. And what just what I was going to say before is you really see a character arc here. Like, you Mm. know, in some movies, like not to keep beating up on Seagal, but there's no character arc. Like the character doesn't learn or grow or change. Here you see a huge arc from what Atkins character was to what he became. And it's so different. And you really see his range as an actor. It's you're right. He's grown a lot. And it's and you really see his acting talent so much because of that arc. And that's it's really impressive. Yeah, and I also think it's that's kind of what makes because it's not a sequel or anything like the like Green Street or Universal Soldier. It's not a sequel. It's its own thing. So therefore, I think people are more inclined to give it a chance. Because they go, oh, Avengers, that's, yeah. that seems quite interesting. And, you know, Craig Fairbrass is in it or whatever. They might open up to it in yeah. the same, in a way that they perhaps wouldn't with a with an unexpected, um, you know, DTV right. franchise. Cool. Yeah, they say, oh, Avengers, what does that mean? No, what, what, what is, is that what word? Is, is that a word? I better see if it's yeah. a word. Is that a word? Yeah, I always thought it was a word. Yeah, I thought that wasn't a word. I like, wait, Avengement? It's like, um, it's like the Revenger with Frank yeah, the Avenger. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing about DTV. You can get creative with some of your uh, verbiage. But um, but yeah, I definitely agree with that choice, and I'm glad yeah, you good, mentioned that. Good, good uh, first choice there. Um, Thank you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> I like, well, I like the fact that is, essentially we've, we've talked about quite – there hasn't been a huge amount of crossover, has it? We've talked about quite a diverse 
uh, cross section yeah, of his career here. That's true, and that's there's true. so many we didn't even mention. I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, not only I mean, was there no crossover, but it, it, it's still a small section of his full output. Like we could have mentioned so many others, you know. Yeah, are there any sort of honorable or, honorable mentions yeah. that you've got? I, 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 I think was my honorable mention from yeah, Ty's Yeah, maybe maybe just for fun, we like close range. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of its weaker ones would probably be El Gringo. You know, does have yeah, I don't think we like that one too much. But just um, uh, I'm trying to think. Then, well, there were um, Savage Dog maybe. I Savage Dog is an interesting movie because it's like set in wait, is it's, Savage Dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's set in that. You haven't watched the. It's right? like a tropical you... setting. I don't remember where exactly right now. Um, I think it's Indonesia. Yeah, yeah. and there's some interesting choices there. What happens with like uh, some like some of the gore in it is kind of interesting. Um, and it's, oh, um, the, there's Legacy of Lies. We watched that yes. relatively recently. I like that a lot, and that yeah, was yeah. a lot. Again, he's playing an English character, sort of spy. Yeah, I was going to mention thriller. that. Yeah, but it's. Yeah. What I really love about that film is the way it looks. I think it's, it just looks like a really slick, big budget. I mean, it's, it was shot in Ukraine. They found some really nice looking locations, a uh, bit similar to what, what, what they did with um, with Regeneration. You know, sort of there's some quite desolate kind of there's I think it's like an old bus station or something bit in it. And there's uh, some really nice architecture. And it's just they framed it very well. And and yeah, I think it doesn't deliver entirely on the action. There's some nice action in it. But it's it's much more of a sort of a, a, a much more of a sort of slow burn thriller yes. kind of thing. But I I thought a lot of that, and also um, what was the other film? Hard Target uh, Two. I just wanted to throw out oh, Hard Target yeah. Two. No, I didn't really like Hard Target Two. <laughs> what, have you got? What about One Shot? One Shot is pretty impressive. I still haven't watched that James yet. I know, it's on, um, I know it has uh, Atkins and uh, Ryan Phillippe. but mm. uh, and I think I, we don't. We didn't like uh, Zero Tolerance all that much, did we? I don't remember thinking... I, it's hard to remember, because I mean, he's I, just kind of, like, shoehorned it. Yeah, that's one of his dodgier ones, I think. I've never seen that. I'll tell you yeah, one that it, had, it, gets a bit of stick, but I did like it, was Abduction, the Roger Corman one. Uh, I, I, did we see that one? I, you know, I, a lot of movies, I think we did see that one? No, but, I don't think so. I don't remember it. Okay. It's a bit... It's a bit. It's quite <laughs> cheesy and stuff. It's not, say, again, it's, it's, it's definitely on the lower end, but... I don't know. It's just something I found quite charming about it, and also Castle Falls with um, Dolph Lundgren. Uh, yeah, I know. Is, is uh, is, is our buddy well. Matt, the DTV connoisseur, he was talking about that Castle Falls. I think mm-hmm. he said he liked it. A, I think that's his most recent movie, right? Or Castle Falls? Yeah, is yeah. It? So I, he's in Jar. Yeah, the most three. recent one, yeah. Yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Uh, yeah. Day Shift with Jamie Fox. He's going to be appearing in. That's coming out soon uh, on on netflix and then he's got section eight with Dolph lundgren again and uh, yeah he's, he's kind of uh, he's got john wick coming up john wick oh, that's what i'm excited to see I, I, please fight keanu reeves <laughs> that would be amazing that has to happen that's all i'm but, looking for <laughs> so that's good so we covered his past and now we're talking a little bit about his future so i guess the only other question i've got for you richard is do you think he looks like ben affleck Oh, that's an interesting point. I think you're right. I think to a to a degree, does I, I think he's 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 a bit thinner. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's he's a bit thinner than Affleck in terms of uh, his face is not. Yeah, he's, he doesn't have bright profile. I guess that'd be interesting to see Scott Atkins and Ben Affleck in a movie together, <laughs> playing brothers. brothers. Yeah, yeah Ben Affleck doesn't be. do martial arts, not yet. I mean, Julie was close. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which is funny because Matt Damon obviously is 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 
invested himself quite a lot in yeah, in that the in, Bourne in martial arts, the Bourne movies and and whatnot. So um, uh, Ben Affleck did to a dis, to a degree, I suppose, when, when he played Batman. But yeah, he's not really done a huge amount of action. So yeah, he, it, he it needs to do uh, some underground fighting movies. Um, well, I think Scott Atkins won for that role. The so-called oh, Batman role, I think. Oh, I think in, in the oh yeah, yeah. In well, I think he did. Yeah, <laughs> he did a Batman audition, and obviously there's another link there because uh, 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 Scott Atkins, one of his kind of big big screen sort of breakouts was when he fought Matt Damon in the Bourne Ultimatum, uh, mm-hmm. and that and that for me was quite exciting. Was very exciting at the time, but very disappointing because it was like, oh, it's all. I don't like the way the Greengrass kind of movies are cut and stuff. So yeah, no, it ended up, cam. ended up being a bit disappointing, but it was very thrilling. It's always thrilling when I go to the, you know, when I go and see a movie and Scott Adkins is going to be in it Yes. Uh, on the big screen, you know, he's, he's that, um, I've not, uh, what was the other movie he did? Um, American assassin. Cause he has a great, yeah, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen that. You still, oh, I, oh you gotta check it out. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. There's some good, exciting sequences. Sky can just, you know, he's hanging around in a, a crazy part from Michael Keaton. They won't give away. But it's not it's not a big Atkins role. It's not a big Atkins role. No, he's, he's there. He's definitely. But he's there. Uh, but I don't, I do totally agree with you about Greengrass. Like when I watch Green Zone, it's just like mm. a camera whooshing. Greengrass Zone. It, yeah, the Greengrass. <laughs> it's, it's just a camera whooshing around from like left to right really fast for like 90 minutes. Like it's it's hard to watch. I like the idea of the movie, though. Yeah, the idea is fine. Matt Damon is like going undercover to get this corruption from Iraq. It's a great idea. It is, but the 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 execution, at least the camera work, is so headache-inducing. It's it's like it never stays still. It's just whooshing around all the time. And I don't know. It's I didn't I didn't like that (laughs) aspect of it. We don't want any any sort of. Go ahead. (laughs) No, no. I was just going to say, have you guys seen Legendary? No, not yet. I kind of avoiding it because it's just you know. him against the monster and you know Dolph Lundgren and yeah it's kind of a low budget monster movie but (laughs) that's that's I've got I've got some fondness for that because it's not really a typical it's not really the film that anyone wants from Scott Atkins or Dolph Lundgren but (laughs) but it's again it's him him doing something different and it's a yeah it's it's very handsome it was it's a Chinese movie and it's got a really nice look to it but you know, you can kind of tell it's got not much money, and the and the, the creature effects aren't, aren't great. But I really like Adkins and Lundgren in that, and uh, it's it's one I'm actually talking. I'm going to be talking with uh, Sean Malloy on, and I spoke this podcast about that one. I think. So uh, I'm looking forward podcast. to. We talking about Dolph Lundgren all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you could finally do your impression. Uh, I could do an impression for Sean Malloy. Like, I am yeah. Sean Malloy. I am Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> <laughs> I must break Sean Malloy. So it's like, um, <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, speaking of plugs, I mean, we finished our list. So, oh, there's a list. So, oh, I guess that's the end of the pot. So, I guess before we do that, yeah, I plug it up there, Rich. <laughs> oh, well, if you <laughs> plug it up, you gotta plug it up. <laughs> uh, well, if, uh, if anyone's inclined to look me up, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter under DTVRSH and uh, or via the uh, the DTV Digest Twitter, you can, you can probably find me via that. Uh, there's also a uh, I'm a big short sh- a short films fan so there's a there's a, a dedicated Twitter account called uh, the DTV Digest Short Shots uh, where we've got like nearly 500 recommendations of action horror and all sorts of other short films there and you can also find the DTV Digest on um, on Facebook uh, the podcast is 
out, uh, you know, once once every week or two, we try and get an episode out. And uh, uh, as I've spoken before, uh, the um, yeah, it can be found in all the usual places: Audible, Podbean, and uh, yeah, if you if you if you get a chance, give it a listen and let us know what you think. Uh, that's all. That's always appreciated. But yeah, it's, um, just uh, keep doing everything you can to support DTV movies, is what I'd say. Oh yeah, I would try. I would try to champion that. that. Uh, I mean, I guess our plugs. Uh, okay, um, Ty, come up. It's on Twitter. Then Ty Action Rocks on Instagram. That's where you can find me when I post today. I don't remember. Oh no, Vendetta. It was like an '80s uh, revenge movie. And then um, the comments reviews. The podcast is everywhere. You yeah. Know? And uh, yeah. comeupinterviews.net is the website. Yep. So that's and what a great website it is. We oh, well, thank, love you. That that's thank really, you. That's really nice of you to say that. And um, I've got to say, well, thanks again for being on the show. Yes, again. thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot me. of fun. And we got to come back on. We'll, we'll, we'll think of something. We're calling we'll think of episode, something. We're calling this episode The Atkins Diet. I like it. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to because you know it's like a diet of movie watching that people should be on <laughs> it is absolutely and i think that our these, these recommendations i don't know how in total how many we've uh, with crossovers and i think we've got like seven or eight uh, yeah, unique ones that, that really show a fantastic uh, cross-section of what what not only adkins but the dtv sort of action you know uh, cr- creators in general are, are, are producing uh, over the last uh, 20 years Yes, absolutely. And on that note, that is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening and bye bye. Bye.
<laughs> so he doesn't think, 